When I got there, I felt lonely. I felt isolated. Robert Palmer was a professor at Binghamton University in upstate New York for seven years. I felt, I felt largely invisible, uh, mainly to my white colleagues. He was one of only two tenured African-American professors at the College of Community and Public Affairs there. When I was working on my PhD and I was reading articles about the experiences of black faculty members at predominantly white institutions, and I came across, you know, how uh, black faculty members experienced racism and racial microaggressions, and uh, they were denied tenure. Microaggressions are snubs and ignorant comments, made intentionally or not, that isolate and wear a person down. But it wasn't until... I got to Binghamton and I actually experienced what the folks wrote about in their chapters and their, their articles that I began to realize, like, wow, this is really, really happening, you know? If I invited the speaker on campus and administrator to come to class to kind of, you know, engage my class on a topic, um, interestingly, they would just go over to, the, uh, to a white person and say, hey, how you doing, Dr. Palmer? And the student would have to say, I'm not Dr. Palmer. He's Dr. Palmer. And honestly, I have to say, I didn't feel like I, I mattered to my, my colleagues, my white colleagues, that is. You know, people will walk past my door, you look right in my office, not say anything. And I, that hurt. He says two colleagues helped him stay on at Binghamton, an African-American professor and a Filipina professor. Just around 4% of tenure-track instructors at Binghamton are African-American. If it had not been for that, those relationships, you know, I would not have made it to seven years. And we've, we've bonded around experiences of oppression, experiences of racial microaggressions, experiences of kind of being invisible. So we were able to relate to the issues and, and struggles and the frustrations of, of teaching while being a minority at a predominantly white institution. Um, because they were my rock, and they, they allowed me to vent. Uh, and they, they helped to normalize my experience. You know, thank God they reached out. From APM Reports, this is Educate, a podcast in collaboration with The Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. Today we're talking about efforts to increase the number of Black professors at universities. Robert Palmer spent seven years at Binghamton, and he had tenure, but then he left. I wanted something that was going to challenge me and, and engage me and help me grow. He decided to teach at Howard University, a historically black university in Washington, D.C. More than half the faculty members at Howard are black. Dr. Palmer says he always wanted to teach there. Today, he's the department chair for educational leadership and policy studies. He says one reason he wanted to be at Howard was to help nurture a new generation of black professors. I was clear in the sense that I wanted to be a faculty member and I wanted to, you know, do research and I wanted to teach and I wanted to to mentor, you know. And that's always been my, my goal from day one when I first stepped foot um, in my PhD program. African Americans are underrepresented on most college faculties. According to federal data analyzed by our partners at the Heckinger Report, fewer than 7% of tenure-track professors at college campuses nationwide are Black. It can be isolating for those professors who end up working at predominantly white institutions. They become one of just a handful of non-white people in authority on campus. Despite promises by university presidents across the country to increase hiring of diverse faculty, the needle has barely moved. 
In fact, the number of black faculty being hired on college campuses didn't rise between 2006 and 2016. It actually fell slightly by about a half percent. There's not a president in the United States of a college or university that doesn't have a diversity element to a speech. But, you know, having a diversity element in the stump speech does not necessarily convert into actions and activities on campuses to really do something about those issues. That's Dr. Ansley Abraham, director of the Southern Regional Education Board State Doctoral Scholars Program. He helps mentor and organize minority Ph.D. students. And he studies campus climate and perceptions of minorities. We've got to ask tougher questions. Uh, What have you done? What actions or resources have been put into changing how colleges go about the business of hiring faculty? Recently, there's been a lot of news around colleges recruiting and retaining diverse students, but we rarely see stories about recruiting and retaining diverse faculty. How big of an issue is the lack of diverse faculty on college campuses? Well, I think it's a big issue um, (laughs) because there is a tremendous lack of it. At your four-year public institutions, uh, you're only looking at, for African Americans, right around um, 6%. Um, Hispanics would be at like 4 or 5%. Um, when you get down to like, Native Americans, you're at 03 0.3, 0.2%. I mean, it's not, it's not very good. And those, obviously, those numbers do not mirror or keep up with the representation of uh, underrepresented students who are attending college. What has happened to the percentage of students of color or black students on America's campuses? Have they been going up faster than uh, the rate of faculty being hired? Yes, it's not even close. The enrollment's going up. Um, and if you think about kind of uh, where we are policy-wise as a, as a country and increasing our high school graduation rates, the rate at which underrepresented students are going to college, entering college, those are all trending in the right direction and very rapidly, I might add. And if you compound that with what we know about the demographics of America, those numbers, the, the pressure and those numbers are going to increase even more in the very near future. And there is quite a bit of research that suggests very strongly that if the um, faculty in front of the classrooms are reflective of the students in the seats in those classrooms, uh, students tend to do better. And then when I say do better, I mean they stick around longer, and which means if they stick around longer, they're more likely to graduate. And that says a lot. And if you understand that, um, especially for underrepresented minority students who do not complete uh, colleges at the rates that we find for uh, majority group students, uh, it's a real issue. But it's also beneficial for majority white students or Asian students to also see black and brown excellence at the front of their classrooms as well. This is Dr. Ebony McGee. I'm an associate professor of diversity and STEM education in Peabody College at Vanderbilt University. How big of an issue is the lack of diverse faculty on college campuses in your view? It's critical. So faculty of color offer a diverse set of ideas and perspective and build knowledge that would help to that would help the innovation and creativity of all students and faculty. So having them as part of the 
academic landscape is very important. What do you say to those people who argue that there are too few non-white folks who could be potential future faculty in the pipeline to get doctorates, or that regular four-year universities can't compete with the Ivies for black faculty? I would say they're not looking in the right places. So if you are just trying to hire faculty of color from the top 35 institutions, then yeah, there looks like a pipeline issue. But if you broaden your perspective of where you can get excellent faculty at and include places like historically black colleges and universities, Hispanic serving institutions, and other institutions that are seemingly non-traditional but are still producing highly competent uh, and highly successful professors, I think you'll see that it's not simply a pipeline issue. It's an issue of where you're looking at how you are judging excellence. And probably how hard you're looking. Yeah, so the fact remains that faculty hire other faculty. And if you have a department that is mostly white, their networks are likely mostly white. So you tend to keep repeating the same institution. And then if they go to a Northwestern or University of Chicago, those are the pools that they're going to look to. And when they have a student that maybe got a PhD in computer science from an HBCU, a historically black college, they don't look at them in the same way as their colleagues from Northwestern, although the education could be equivalent. Some schools are making some progress. Here's Dr. Ansley Abraham again. He says hiring diverse faculty is a start. Then colleges need to do the work of keeping them. Let's say the potential candidate makes it past this process and is hired. You know, that's only the beginning. Hiring is only the beginning, because the challenge at that point is one of keeping the faculty there. You know, making sure that the experience that that person is having is the kind of experience that's going to want to make them stay at your institution for the long haul. And that takes diligence. It takes paying attention to what those faculty are experiencing and needing in order to be happy at that institution, just like we do with all faculty. You know, we want them to be satisfied in their, in their academic community and in their location community. All that has to work in order for these faculty to stay around. And institutions have to hit it, all of those things. Doing one of those really well doesn't get you to the end game of hiring and keeping a faculty of color. And do you have any additional advice for students of color who are thinking of becoming professors? Look, we, we need you. It's a wonderful lifestyle, and, it, and it's great to prepare another generation uh, and to shoot for these kind of things. You know, aim for it. Work toward these kinds of goals. You know, and, and we in higher education have got to help students learn about the opportunities to further their academics that... I'll tell you what I have found when I go out and talk to students on campuses that I think it is fair to say most students have never, ever considered going on for an advanced degree. They don't think about it. And I think we in academe, faculty included, have to do a much better job of making sure these students are aware of what that, those opportunities and that some of these students are really bright and could be excellent faculty. 
But if we don't woo them, if we don't recruit them, if we don't go after them and make sure we're, we're, they know of what it takes to be a good faculty member and sell it. I mean, I think we got to do a little bit of selling on, on this side of it, that, that these are wonderful careers to have. Um, we got to tell, we have to tell students about it. Dr. Ansley Abraham, thank you so much. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode. You can find the story about the decline in the hiring of black professors at HeckingerReport.org. The piece was written by Matt Krupnik. While you're there, you can also find Dr. Ansley Abraham's opinion piece about what colleges can do to better recruit and retain diverse faculty. Again, that's HeckingerReport.org. We would love to hear from you. Tell us how you found this podcast and why you listen. You can get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Educate Podcast, one word. You can also send an email to contact at apmreports.org. And you can let us know what you think about this podcast by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen. The Educate Podcast is produced by Alex Baumhart and Chris Julin. This episode was mixed by Johnny Vince Evans. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.